police officer and his partner were working the night shift. Usually a quiet affair, only dealing with the occasional loud drunk and speeding car. The call came in saying there was a suspected break-in at the local morgue. A bit of an odd place to break into, admittedly. But there are a good number of chemicals inside, which may be of interest to drug addicts. The officers took the call and headed to the morgue to investigate. Upon arrival, they found the custodian waiting outside for them, looking a little shaken. He told the officers he was mopping the floors when he saw something move in his peripheral vision. When he looked up, he saw someone run across the hallway from one side to the other and disappear into a room. Unfortunately, he could not give a good description of the person due to the fact he had the lights turned off as he cleaned. Still, he was sure he saw someone being alone and unarmed, he decided discretion was the better part of valor and called the police. The two officers figured it might have been some kids breaking in for fun or the custodian had been seeing things, but the man was certain enough about what he saw to convince the officers to check it out. They started by verbally warning anyone inside the building to show themselves, but they did not receive an answer other than their voices echoing back at them. The officers, along with the custodian, did a sweep of the building by walking the central corridor, hands on guns, and checking each of the side rooms as they came across them. Most were labs for analysis, some were storage for tools or administrative files. As they moved about, they turned on the lights to ensure they did not forego anyone hiding. One officer opened a door to a blackened room and fumbled to find the light switch. What he found was an empty waiting room for relatives of the deceased. He swept the room quickly, checking every place a person could hide. As he was doing so, his partner suddenly started shouting, Hey, stop! Turn around! The other officer turned to see his partner with his gun raised towards the end of the corridor. She went around the corner! He said, indicating the left-hand route at the end of the corridor. That way's a dead end! No escape from there! the custodian explained. Knowing they had the intruder cornered, the officers advanced down the corridor calling out to the woman to reassure her she would be safe if she came out and surrendered. The first officer went to the end of the corridor and peered around the corner to see the woman standing at the end. The lights were still off in that part of the building, allowing him to have a rough image of her and her long fair hair. Wanting to see if he could talk to her to convince her to leave them quietly, he stepped out from behind the corner. As soon as she saw him, however, she hauled open a very big gray door behind her and ran through it, slamming the door behind her. The officer ran up to the door but found it was locked. Banging on it for a little while, he called out to the woman to show herself, but there was no response. His partner came up with the custodian and he explained the situation, which seemed to concern the custodian. Apparently, the door couldn't be locked from the inside. The custodian unlocked it and the two officers headed inside, guns raised. Shining their flashlights around the room, they revealed everything except the woman they were trying to find. The place was eerie in their light and one officer felt it was strangely cold, even for a morgue. 
the custodian came in behind them and flicked the lights on, filling the room with light. It was largely empty. Some workspaces along the sides, equipment against one wall, and two gurneys for bodies in the middle of the room. One gurney was covered with a sheet, a body shape underneath it. It would have been a clever hiding place if the room had been more regularly used, but as it was, the officers knew they had their suspect. As they approached the gurney, they realized something was wrong. There was an unearthly stench emanating from the shape. It wasn't from someone alive or even someone unwashed and sweaty, but rather smelled of rot and death. When the officers pulled the sheet off the body, there lay the woman they had been chasing to the building, a tall tag hanging off her foot, stating she had died four days earlier. talking and I'm not and I'm just <laughs> and then I'm too <laughs> no but wait wait I have something for him boom you get shot down now you just fucking me aren't you <laughs> I'm just wondering why all these people like kids the weird history and eerie tales podcast concentrate on the news that's what we do wow <laughs> FY it's not that long tweet 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 Alright, welcome everybody to another episode of the Weird History Eerie Tales Podcast. I am your host, Moses Sori, and with me as always to my left is Achi. And sitting to his left is my brother Josh. What the fuck did you just say? It's the sound of the police. He's on. Alright, we're on a good one. We're all all caffeine the fuck up. We're monstered up. Achi, he just. He chugged chugged a Nas, and now he's following that with an ale. Yep. Sponsored by Arrogant Bastard. And it's 8 in the morning. It's 8 in the morning. He's already drunk. He's already bro, cracked out. It's 5 o'clock somewhere, bro. It's, it's Saturday. It's Fuck Saturday. it. It's Saturday. It's Saturday. Saturday. But speaking of being drunk so or, so early in the morning, oh. today we're going to be talking about spooky cop stories or stories from police officers involving their involving supernatural things and then whatnot. I thought this was gonna be a cool one. I thought I was gonna. I thought I was gonna see a lot more cool shit. I didn't. Really? That's a lot of the same shit. <laughs> I, I saw a bunch of good stuff. Like this is one of the, I saw, the easier ones to do. I saw so many, but there was, there was no source. There was no mention of oh, a police officer. Yeah. How do I know it's not just a random Reddit horror story that someone just like, oh, this was by a cop. You know what I mean? True, true, true. What I wanted, I wanted receipts. Badge numbers, cell numbers, social security numbers. But you know why, though? Because if they freaking give off that information, I'm like, damn, this fool's crazy. Fire his ass. Well, I mean, so what? Fuck it. Fire him. <laughs> so what? <laughs> it is what it is. So what, man? Fuck it. You know, last week we had, you no, know, last episode, we talked about spooky, like spooky ghost stories involving boats and islands. And night marchers that want to fuck you unless you pee all over yourself or yeah, whatnot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, today we're gonna take. You know, today we're taking it a little, a little. We're toning it down. Yeah, we're toning <laughs> it down a little bit. You know, we're toning it down a little bit. And to start us off, it's gonna be Hachi. So, it's just funny that you say that. This one is actually from a Reddit by oh, Landy Landy zero zero three four, and the first two sentences it just says 
to like verify their their I guess their accuracy or the, the, or how true the fucking story is. It says yeah. cop real call. It's real that's call. enough. I'm a cop. That, that's it enough. It was a real call. That's it's it. a real call. All right. Now here's the story. I've been on patrol for several years, and I love stuff like this. I had a backup officer with me who witnessed everything. Dispatch sent me to a call in a mountain area late one night. Dispatch said that the caller reported several people holding a baby above their heads and chanting while standing on her property. And the call sounded ridiculous, and I smirked as the dispatch gave me the details. I arrived to the proper address after driving about 20 minutes along a mountain road, and there is not much else up here. It was an extremely quiet area. No one walks around here, and there aren't very many cars driving this late. I walked along a gated driveway through a lidded wooded area, and I found the caller's house with two dim lights near the front door. The house was surrounded on three sides by heavy woods. It felt a little bit uneasy just looking at the house. I knocked on the front door of the house while standing on a large patio, and I heard something move to my left, which startled me because it was close. It sounded like a person, something big. I looked to the left, and I used my flashlight to light up the patio. I didn't see anyone. I continued to knock, and I could clearly hear two voices inside the house. I clearly heard a male and a female. This made me feel a little bit better. I thought I heard someone on the patio, but it must have been something from someone inside. The female eventually opened the door. She was terrified, almost crying. She asked me to come inside and close the door. She led me to the living room where I saw a very cheap security monitor, almost like a baby monitor camera setup with audio and video playing. The camera setup only provided a live feed. The camera was positioned to view the front door and the patio area where I was standing. And the audio was silent as I watched the monitor for a few seconds. The woman began to explain when I interrupted and asked, where was the male that was inside the house? Because I heard her voice. She looked confused and she said, I'm here alone. I was surprised because I know for a fact I heard a male's voice when I knocked. And I asked her several times and initially thought she was lying to me. My partner then checked the house and did not find anyone else. Uh oh. The woman said she was reading while sitting on the couch when she heard something over the security camera. She looked at the display and saw two people on the patio standing at the front door. She heard knocking at the door and then called the police. I looked at the monitor and although it was low quality, I could see the patio in the front door area with decent clarity. As the woman continued to explain, the audio on the monitor went from quiet to extremely loud. We all stopped talking. The caller was shaking. I looked at the monitor and I didn't see anyone. Loud audio continued to blast from the speaker and the audio sounded like wind. But it was not windy that night. I asked the woman, what is that? And she said, it's them. I looked at my partner who was nervous. The woman gives me her cell phone stating that she took a picture of the monitor showing the two people on her patio. I looked through several low quality pics and didn't see anything. I continue to scroll and sure enough, I see what looks like two tall figures standing by the door. One of the figures is holding something. The figures look strange, all dark and featureless in contrast to the video that I saw on the monitor. Hmm. I was in disbelief and thought, Oh my God, she's telling the truth. I continued to scroll and saw one figure holding up something over its head. 
Another picture showed the item at the base of the door with both figures standing near it. I tried to reason to explain what could have caused the images, but it was pretty apparent that there had been two subjects on her patio. We check outside, walking around the property of the tree line. I mentioned the movement on the patio and the male voices from the inside the house. My partner asked me to stop talking about it, though. We finished checking and returned to speak with the caller. She says that she was driving on to she's going to be driving to town and staying at a hotel because she is too scared to stay there tonight. We all walk along the driveway back to our cars. My partner jumps into the patrol car and takes off. I laughed, but I felt really uneasy standing there in the dark. And then I leave shortly afterward. So, Ooh. if you're going out to the woods, don't go by yourself. He was like, lady, I know... Your sneaky link is in here. I am not your husband. I heard a man's voice. Bring him out. It was, Damn. So it was it a was, booty call. So <laughs> it was just basically just a shadow, two shadow figures? Two shadow figures, two shadow that, figures. That, they saw, that she saw from the... And which she felt, too, the officer, right? Yeah, because when he, she got up, she something just whoop yep. right past by her. So that's part of one of the shadow figures. I'm watching the show on Netflix. It's really good. I, I was bamboozled, <clears throat> but I was too... I got too invested, so I couldn't change it. It's what called... Called the uh, House of the House of the Samurai. Sounds like an old oh, movie. The Ninjas, House of Ninjas. The House of Ninjas. Yeah, yeah, the House of yeah. the Ninjas. Okay. It's a real good t TV show, but it's a family TV show. It's, it's maybe like a PG thirteen kind of thing. Okay. It's about a family of shinobis that are a long line of shinobis. No, I think it's MA, dude. Nah, because it's like that's little what, kid. That's what it said there. Nah, if it is, then the line. <laughs> no fucking lying. There's, yeah. no, there's no there's no curses. I mean, there's blood, but outside of that, it's like a there's family drama. It's like a, a it's like if WB came out with a samurai show, right? Okay. Ninjas, ninjas, big difference. Shin no, shinobis. They're ninjas. They're shinobis. Shinobi is part of no ninjas. Ninja is a racist way of calling them. <gasps> they're shinobis. They're shinobis. They're shinobis. They're shinobis. All right. All right. Yeah. So the samurais and yeah, she said, America ninjas. Yeah, well, that's what she said. She's like ninjas because like one of the little so it's a, whatever in the TV show, uh -huh. it's a family of shinobis, right? And they're able to like just move around people like nothing because that's how good they are. And it's like a thirteen-year-old, a fourteen-year-old, a seventeen-year-old, and the two parents. It's like literally, they're they're like a lineage of, of shinobis, and oh, yeah. and the Japanese government treats them as if like they were special agents. Like oh. We need the Shinobi family. We need a Shinobi family to take care of this for us. Someone could kidnap, send the Shinobis in. Oh, yeah. So that's the way they use them in modern times. Damn. But in the TV show, there's no spoilers. It happens in the first episode. The eldest son dies. Oh, shit. And the dad takes the blame on himself. So he's like, we're done being Shinobis. Oh, is that those what type of shows? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's just like, we have this... Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, we're putting that in the past. Yeah. And some shit happens. They're like, we're bringing it back. Yeah. So they're... When I think I'm out. Yeah. They drag me back. Yeah. <laughs> like, freaking... like they use their shinobi skills. Like the mom, she's super bored. So she goes to supermarkets and she steals all everything she needs. Yeah, that was like the little preview that I saw. I was like, House of Ninja. Or, yeah, I think it's called House of... Yeah. Anyway, that's the little preview. I'm like, what is she doing? <laughs> and, yeah, she just steals. I was like, oh. Yeah, like the daughter, she's 16. She What she does, she sneaks into museums and steals fucking, like... Like antiques and leaves a note. I'll return it in three days. So the so the security guards there, they're literally staring at it for three days. They blink and it's there. They're like, "What the fuck?" No way. So she's able to do like 
It's that's a cool show. Crazy. It's a cool show. I'm down. I'm down. Bamboozled, but I'm, down, I'm too invested. Down. So that's what they were. They were shinobis. They were shinobis. They were just chilling there. I like how whatever these things were, they were aliens, demons, interdimensional creatures, whatever the fuck they were, they were polite enough to knock on the door and be like, can we come in? They were vampires. Ah, mm. uh, see, that's how they didn't go in. See? They were invited. Case, case, cl- yeah, case nice. closed. Vampiros. So I opened the episode talking shit. Hi. Right? I said yeah. how a lot of stories didn't have sources. Yeah, yeah. I forgot my first story is submitted by an officer who requested to remain anonymous. Ah. There you go. But the reason I chose it is because this, this is a fuck story. It's a fuck story? Not literally a fuck story. But like oh. get fucked? No, it's like, it's a, like, what the fuck kind of story, Oh, okay, right? okay. Okay. I was like, the it's fuck ten. story. <laughs> so that, 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 that's taking it all different route, Bro, this is going dude. different ways. Well, it's like, you know, fuck, we keep, fuck is a word with a thousand meanings. Uh, hey. By the way you con- said it. Yeah, was, yeah, 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 yeah. Context. context. All right, dude. All right, dude. Have a fuck story? It's like, whoa, okay. Oh, I meant yeah. like a fuck. All right, whatever. Yeah, You're there right. You go. There you go. There so, go. I first experienced a ghost in 1997 at a house in Georgia. It was about 2 o'clock in the morning, and I watched what appeared to be an 8-year-old little blonde-haired boy walk out of my bathroom and then stroll into my living room area. He was wearing some very old overalls that looked blue in color and faded. His hair looked feathered like a young Brad Pitt. You're a cop. In your prime, you see a little blonde boy go from your kitchen area into your living room. What does this guy do? First thing he does, I grab my duty weapon and I load it. Bro, uh, it's a little yeah, kid. I don't give a fuck. It's a little kid. That kid's going to learn today, dude. Like, if, if this kid doesn't match any of the complexion of my family, I'm loading up. Especially if he's suspicious that that is a, a ghost. Bro, I'm sure. But his job is to serve nah. and protect. He's protecting his life. Hey, 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 listen up. I grabbed my duty weapon, locked and loaded it, and then searched my house looking for him. I never found anything. I experienced more encounters, which then followed me from house to house, even up to earlier this month. About two years ago, I was at a friend's house. We were sitting in the living room along with his girlfriend and another male friend. We knew something was in the house because the light turned on in the kitchen by itself, and then a cup flew through the air. At this point, we were sitting in front of a TV, and we were talking about the occurrence. The TV started acting weird. The screen was changing like one of us had a controller and was manipulating the screen. But the controller was sitting on the couch beside us. My friend grabbed his phone, turned on the camera, and audio recorded and recorded a recording by placing the phone on the ottoman. I asked who was messing with the TV, the spirit, ghost, or whatever. It answers, I am. Oh, shit. We never heard, we never heard the actual answer until we played back the recording. Oh. The rest is history. So the ghost is like, he debuted him in his own Me. house. Me. Me, <laughs> motherfucker. You're my house. That's my chain now. It's my TV now. Oh, shit. Yeah. So the next story, not very paranormal, but kind of fucked up. Title of the story. It's another fuck story. It's another fuck story. Title of the story is called Fuck. Fuck. (laughs) (laughs) The Scarecrow. Oh, wait, who's fucking the scarecrow? You're going to find out. Spantapajaros, bro. So dispatch gets a call from an older couple reporting that there's a man standing in their backyard. It's later in the evening and obviously the older couple is freaked out a bit. Several officers show up, including my friend, who is a cop, and split into two groups heading around either sides of the house. 
As they emerge in the backyard, guns drawn, they see the suspect and promptly order him to get on the fucking ground. Pussy on the pavement, fellas. Pussy <laughs> on the pavement. Spread your shit. Face first and hands behind his head. As they draw closer, he's not responding and then realize he hasn't moved at all. Rewind two hours, a suspect has robbed a 7-Eleven or something like that down the road and has taken off on foot. As he entered the neighborhood, he tried to cut through an older couple's backyard. He went to hop over the fence in the back and he slipped and impaled himself on a fence post. He couldn't pull himself off and his own body weight slowly drove him down the post. I thought you were going to say he got like a calambre, like he got like a fucking... Ah, ah, yeah. Charlie Horses shit. He had, it had entered in his groin and went straight up to his shoulder. He was literally a human scarecrow. He cannibal holocausted oh. the fuck out of himself. Yes, sir. He was a fan of Vlad the Impaler. Oh, shit. That's how you impale the males, nut first. That's crazy. See, people, that's why if you're going to yeah, rob, that's, that's don't, a- don't cut through houses. You don't know. Never know. That's crazy, though. That's fucked up. Imagine being the elder cover like, leave. Doesn't leave. Call the cops. He's still there. He hasn't, <laughs> hasn't changed positions. The devil's outside. <laughs> but yeah. Damn. I would have been the old man like, oh, shit. He came from 7-Eleven. Grabs a bag. <laughs> see what the fuck he got. Honestly. He's like, oh, this is embarrassing. Ah, chips. Ah, oh, that's all fucking money. He like throws on the floor. <laughs> no chips, no nothing. Nah, nah. Damn, that's fucked up. No dude. snacks, bro. No that snacks. is a fuck story. Man, you should have left that one last. How the fuck are we going to yeah, follow dude, that? Yeah, dude, what the fuck? Piece of shit. Story. I know we're talking about police officers, but um, first responder is something that I, my buddy, EMT, story from him. Oh, shit. Brother Bro? from another mother. Yeah, so brother from another mother. Uh, I, I won't say where. Uh, and what um, company? I will. So, yeah. so he's an EMT. So shout out to Raul. Um, this he told me a story weeks ago, weeks probably like a month or two months. Um, he's a big fan of Lazy Dog, so every fucking day he's there. And uh, showed up, and then we were talking just about ghost stories and shit like that, random. And uh, he does twenty fours each week, so he works for twenty four hours, um, depending on where he's he works at. for twenty four hours. Yeah. Yeah. He's on so call every, for 24 hours, yeah, right? Yeah. Oh, okay. So when you're on call, you know, you're stationed, uh, depending where you're at, he's stationed at a certain station area. area. And um, yeah, well, gonna pick it, was, it was, it was, I don't know the exact time, but it was like around 1 to 3 a.m., right? He said that's when it's like downtime there. Um, he told his partner, he was like, you downtime know what? Downtime where? Huh? Downtime. Run up where? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not going to say. <laughs> but uh, um, so he's stationed, told his partner, you know what? I'm going to snooze, you know, I'm going to be in this room, okay? No one said anything. It was his team and then I think another team that was there. Cool. So he went to the room, you know, dark-ass room, closed the door, Govija on top of him, cover, started to fall asleep. Maybe. All right? And then while he's falling asleep, he feels like a tug, like someone's trying to pull his cover. Oh, all right, turn right. on the cover. Yeah, that's <laughs> cock. That's cock. He's like, oh, oh. The funny thing about the cover, it's okay on my cock. Ha. So um, so he felt that. He kind of just like kicked, kicked this whatever. Shit. Didn't even really think about it. And then he felt something climbing 
Oh, hell On top no. of his bed. Right? He's climbing, climbing, and that's when he thought, okay, someone's fucking with me. Yeah. Right? Most of his partners, everyone, they tend to just fuck with fuck around with each other he's like i'm gonna fuck with him back and he, f- <laughs> he starts thrusting aggr- aggressive <laughs> Damn. but uh i i think he said he, he couldn't move right so in his head right he's trying to move he's like what the fuck and he opens his eyes and nothing right he's like oh fuck i'm having sleep paralysis that's oh, what he thought shit. but then he was like still able to move his feet or something like that right but he couldn't get he couldn't he couldn't move like he couldn't push but his mind was awake and he was like what the fuck and uh, this happened briefly, and then the weight went off, and he got up immediately. And then when he went out, stormed out the room, right, he told his partner and the people there, they were like, hey, it's fucking crazy, crazy shit just happened. And everyone, right, from the other teams looked at each other like they knew something was up. So they all looked at each other like, oh. They're yeah. like, all right, describe what you felt. Damn, right? they're like, they oh, you're next. They didn't even warn him. Yeah, yeah. Hey, bro, by the way, there's a rapey ghost in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so so uh, they told him that specific room, um, that's what usually happens. They feel like either your kuviha gets tugged, your cover gets tugged, or someone's on top of you, right? But they were like, we didn't want to tell you because we didn't want to just feel that in your head. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, we're like, it's a true because yeah, yeah, yeah. the stories of this happening in different stations. Yeah. Right. And this was specifically was that in that specific room. So in that room. station, that's where yeah. So hey, that bro, that specific room. Hey, bro, we, you know, we didn't want to give you a heads up or prepare <laughs> you, even though there's been several accounts of this happening. We were hoping you were going to be the one where it doesn't happen. To yeah. Fucking yeah, no, yeah, fuck yeah. Lester strikes again, yeah. bro. So pretty much, and they told me, yeah, that's usually what happens in that room, just that room. If it's, then, if it's just one person sleeping in there, or could multiple people sleep in there? Uh, no, I sure m- multiple people sleep in there, but there's enough rooms for everyone to sleep in, right? Unless you're fucking, right? It's a different story. It's a whole different story, but um, everyone has their own room, essentially. So that's I don't know. I forgot the room number too. He he told me like a, a specific, which sounded cool as fuck, kind of like room thirteen. Yeah, yeah, room thirty seven A. What was that movie? The Shiny. No, not the Shining. It was oh. it was a, a movie with the freaking room number in it, seven fourteen or something like that. With oh fuck, I forgot this fucking actor's name. He looks like Nicolas Cage, but just like Timu fucking version. Nicolas Cage Timu version. Yes, the whole premise of the movie is him going to this hotel, and everyone who goes to the hotel goes fucking insane because they start seeing a bunch of shit, and they can't esca- escape from that room. Are you sure not thinking? Kramer's room from Seinfeld? No. <laughs> Incorrect. <laughs> Anyways. So he just got assaulted? Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Hell yeah. So the next story is by Redditor Plus Sign Energy. My grandmother was a cop in the late 70s till early 90s. One day, a man calls in and said that there's a seven-foot man at his door. My grandma goes to check it out, but the door is jammed. The man is screaming, and she hears a loud buzzer. She slams the door open, and the buzz is gone, and so is the man. But there's blood everywhere. She calls for backup and runs around calling his name. She hears what sounds like someone yelling, but someone is covering their mouth. She finds him tied up, piss everywhere. 
Investigators say that he was in the room for at least four hours and called the police five hours ago. The guy ended up killing himself a few years later, leaving a note behind. He'd warned my brother that they are after him and thanked her for rescuing him. It was fucking crazy. That story that you talked about. So so one of my sources for this episode is called Real Police Ghost Stories. True tales of the paranormal as told by cops and other law enforcement officials by Zachary Knowles. Yeah. He actually has that story in no here. No fucking called, way. And the story is called The Gray, the Gray Man. Man? It, it elaborates on it a little more. Oh, shit. They go into a little more detail. Well, oh, yeah, into a little more detail. All <coughs> these are short stories. Right. So that story that, that, that you just told, it's... But this it's time, the story the story is told by the perspective of of the grandmother. Right, right, right. She's telling the story about when she was younger, when she was a younger cop. Oh, shit. So she gives a little more details in this one. Damn. Yeah, so if you guys want, check that story out. Yeah. I would check the, grab that book out. Go to the episode show notes. Small little book. $8 ain't going to hurt you. Yeah. There's like 12 stories. Good stories. The one you heard at the beginning of the episode, that's from that book. Let's go to India, because oh. when you know when it comes to ghost stories Bro, and the paranormal, oh my gosh, they don't they have receipts. They show you the demon that they're fucking with or the demon that's fucking with them. Like, Whether they're underground at a rock, staring at a goddamn fucking um, demon gin? at a gin, the gins, or Bro, those are insane. Or, a, or it's a you guys gin. saw the one recently with the, the little girl? With, no. At, yeah. at the end, uh, yeah, like, she's just gnawing oh. her teeth. Yeah, some guy's going into like an abandoned house, and but somehow that house looks like it's built into a mountain or something. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. weird. It's weird. And the second you go into the doorway, you turn to your right. There's like a little ghoulish. She looks like a she's, ghoul. She's a little girl, and, but she's just like gnawing her teeth. But her yeah. teeth are sharp, and she's just there with long her eyes are hair. sunken. They're just oh, sunken in. She's fuck? just yeah. It looks like it could be like an animatronic doll or something, but it's yeah. like. Yeah, the fucking creepiest one was the, was the one that I saw of three dudes, and they look inside a house, and, and it's, it's the, the same and reflection. And it's a gin who takes who takes their reflection. Their, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Ooh. they're like, wait, something's in there, and it's all three of them. It's the three, it's the three friends are filming. You see their clothes because they freak out, and the camera guy's looking at him, yellow shirt, green shirt, red shirt. They're like, fuck, no, we got to go, we got to go. And they go look inside, and when you look inside the house, the gins are peeking from upstairs, downstairs, yeah. and they're wearing the exact same clothes they are. So they're already getting ready to be like, all right, we're taking over. Oh. We're going to fucking run, run. We got ourselves new bodies. Yeah, so this one is told by the son. This one, the son's called Yujiwal Singh, right? So he goes, my dad, now retired, was an officer. He was posted in a district that lies among the Bengal border. There is a hallway that connects the eastern part of India and goes all the way to Bangladesh. Once during the winter season, he started getting several complaints about trucks going off the road very frequently. He ignored these complaints and linked them to the, to the winter season and fog. Since there were no deaths, no one really bothered as much. In the summer season, he again started getting complaints about frequent accidents. This made him curious, and he asked the computer officers to gather data on the last few years. He found out that all the accidents were reported within a 100-meter stretch of the highway and only between 2 and 3 a.m. Then he decided to stay at the location for a few days. A temporary police booth was built slightly before the bend, you know, to safeguard them. On the first day itself, a truck went off the road at the same spot. However, the driver was drunk and he was of no use. But over the next 15 days, there were more than 20 accidents. And almost everyone had the same explanation 
they suddenly saw five to six teenage girls appear right in front of the truck on a bicycle. Damn. At first, he did not believe the story. But when almost everyone told the same story, he had no option but to accept it. Later, he searched for old case files and surprisingly found that long ago, an accident took place where an overspeeding truck took the bend and had mowed down a few school-going girls on bicycles on the same spot on the way to school. That oh. sucks. This was where? In, In India? India. Damn, bro. I, f- I forgot where also that there is a road. I think we talked about it in one of our previous episodes. That there was this road. For the sheep? I think it was that one. Where the truck just mowed down like a thousand <laughs> sheep? Yeah. Hey, if I'm if I'm driving in the middle of the road, it's two three in the morning, and I see a group of people in the middle of the road, you should have been in the middle of the road. I'm going the, through. I'm going through. Especially if it's foggy as shit. That's why there's that's why sides of the road exist. If you can't see my headlights and move out the way, if it's in the middle of the night, yeah, yeah it's yeah, all yeah. you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all you. I'm speeding. Yeah, you can. You can I'm, see that. I'm, you see that shit in my way. to the middle. I'm. So my last story is from Reddit No Sleep, titled, I'm a former police officer. It's time to share the most disturbing case I've handled. I'm going to share a few stories with you, one by one. Because I was overwhelmed by them, I have a feeling that you kids will be too. This one actually shares who their fucking name is. I'm Officer Bradley. I retired from the force 10 years ago at a ripe age of 50. I'll begin with the story from my 20 years as a police officer that stuck with me like a deep thorn. So on January 17th, 2005, we got a call about a woman who had locked herself in her bathroom. She said her boyfriend was trying to kill her. My partner Mason and I arrived at the house at the end of the street. The lamppost flickered yellow and the wind danced with the trees and bushes. The clouds were thick and the air was ice cold. We took position at the front door. We knocked. Police, open up. Only the sound of wind chimes. Mason kicked the door open with all his force he could muster. We scanned the house downstairs. No one in sight. Clear. You hear that? I said. Mason looked up the stairs. Gentle cries. A woman. So subtle as if muffled behind a door in a room. Thought she was supposed to be downstairs, said Mason. We made our way upstairs. Ma'am. It's okay. I began. You're safe now. No one's going to hurt you. The crying stopped abruptly as if someone hit a pause. And then it started again. But he's still here, replied the woman from inside the bedroom. My partner and I checked the entire house. No one's here, ma'am. You're safe. Downstairs, the front door slammed shut. My partner and I gave each other a gaze. And I could notice his brow sweating despite the cold night. I used my head to gesture for him to take a look. He stood from atop the stairs and looked down at the front door. Just a wind, I think, he said. Then a gentle voice came from inside the bathroom. Are you sure, Officer Bradley? The woman asked. The entire night at the scene, neither my partner Mason nor I have used our names out loud. Not once. Ma'am, do you need help or not? Mason was agitated. We need to know you're okay, so step back because I'm kicking it in. As part of, uh, part of me believes Mason was more eager to see the woman's face to find out who she was and how she knew 
what he she said. That it was for his safety. He wanted a peace of mind. No, hold on, hold on, I said. She might be sitting right by the door. We don't want to hurt her. Then she said it. Officer Bradley, tell Mason that if he touches this door, I will visit his family in the late hours of a certain night and break down a door of my own. The woman's voice was an octave deeper when she said it. I never understood that expression. Officer what? Bradley! She... <laughs> Don't the freaking all death court shit. I never understood the expression white as a ghost. And do people actually turn that pale in the face? And I learned that in fact they did when I saw my partner react to those sinister words. I couldn't stop him from kicking it in the bedroom door at this time. But when he did, we found nobody inside. There wasn't a window above the shower, though we w- which we thought she would escape from or another door for her to go through and yet we were certain that we just had a full conversation with the woman behind the door we scanned the entire house including the backyard one last time inch by inch nothing my partner and i communicated non-verbally for the rest of the night so when it was time to leave we gave each other a look and left the house without even looking back now this is the part of the story that i hadn't told anybody not even mason We were sufficiently disturbed, so I didn't want to tell him what I'm about to tell you. When we left the house, I drove back to the station that night. He probably thought I didn't notice, but his hands were shaking too much to drive comfortably. He doesn't drink coffee. And as I reversed the cruiser out to the street, Mason didn't look back at the house, but the truth is, I did. And I sincerely wish that I hadn't. I looked and I squinted at the garbage can by the side of the house to see a strange, dark figure kneeling by the gate as if it was watching us leave as we finally drove away as the house became more and more distant in our mirror the figure slowly stood itself up and i swear even today that as it stood up it didn't stop rising until its head peeked over the roof of the two-story house holy shit was bradley on a good one (laughs) i kind of wish he would have kicked the door open no, he did. He did. And they didn't find anything. There was nothing in there. No, I, all right. During? No. Um, well, right when they had that conversation? Or what do you mean? Yeah, right when she's like, don't kick the door open. It's like, pow. Don't even finish the sentence. Don't kick the door <laughs> yeah. You, during D&D? <laughs> yeah. They say don't, he does. They say do, he don't. <laughs> hey, don't. <laughs> Too late. What? I wanted a follow-up story to see, what? to see if the demon went up to fucking Bradley's house. Start you know what? Doors open. A, a lot of people from the comments. Give him a bill. It was Mason. Hey, bro. He's a bill. Not Bradley. Mason. Oh, yeah. She, she, was, telling, she was telling Bradley. A lot, a lot of people were, were in the conversation like, is Mason's family okay? Is Mason's family okay? No response. You just Imagine you're just eating and you just, the door just gets kicked open and you just hear, Mason, I told you. <laughs> you just hear, doo, 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 doo. Just, like, what the fuck? He giggles away. Literally just kicks the freaking door open. That's it. Oh. Door for a door? Door for a door? Yeah. <laughs> fuck my door. I fuck your door. <laughs> giggling with a deep voice. What <laughs> <laughs> the fuck, Scooby? What the fuck, fuck? Scooby do? <laughs> Hell yeah. He laughs away just, ha, 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 ha. All right. So for this next one, we're staying in India. Oh, shit. So, an inspector who goes by the name of Baduli 
once had an informant who informed the police that he knew someone who could help them solve the case of the senseless killing of a 25-year-old school teacher from a nearby village. Uh-oh. The inspector accompanied the informants, and he met a farmer who took them to a deserted field where the ruins of a temple stood. When they arrived, an old man in the temple recited some mantra, blew a conch shell, and asked a spirit to appear. The inspector heard a voice inside his head who told him where he could find the weapon which killed the teacher. To his amazement, the inspector found a blood-stained knife in the same place. Whoa. Help from the dead, dude. The lab test showed that the blood matched that of the victim. When the owner of the yard where the knife was found was faced with the weapon, he broke down and confessed to the crime. Oh, shit. So even in the afterlife, this fucking rat bitch was still (laughs) snitching, bro. I'll tell you the best story in the world. Oh, Reddit said fucking no one, dude. Don't believe the hype. <laughs> yeah, so I was going through Reddit, and someone posted a question there by um, Heather Fins. She's like, first responders, ever experienced anything paranormal on the job? She's like, I'm researching for a new documentary series about first responders who have experienced something paranormal while on call. Fire, EMS, police, military, private. Have you ever seen anything you can't explain? I love to hear your stories. And the first story, first person that responds to this. They just put yes. Yeah, he put sure. <laughs> now, uh, he goes by the name Reddit user BPG131313. And he essentially says, hey, I was a captain for old fire department. Uh, we responded to a house that was on fire. Fire morning, we arrived. We saw the roof was breached. The flames had taken out. Two windows on the second floor of a split home. He was like, all right, cool. He was like, we don't, we didn't want to go into the house, but we were forced to because the parents, two adults came out. They're like, hey, our daughter's missing. Right? So they're like, fuck. Okay, now we have to go in there and breach that house. So they're like, okay, where is your daughter? Where's her room or where's the last we seen her? They're like, hey, up the stairs to the right. So the captain was like, okay, that's simple. So him and his partner go in. Um, they go upstairs. They breach the room. There was no one. No one was in there. They're like, fuck. At that point, smoke was everywhere. And then this is where the captain's like, okay, this is where I can't really explain this. He's like, so when we're up there, we're looking to the back downstairs. To our left, we saw movement. All right. And clearly enough, we couldn't see the body itself, but we could see the feet and the pants that this individual was wearing. It was like it's an olive green pants with some black um, um, dressing shoes. And he was like, he wasn't dancing, but it looks like the feet were trying to get our attention. So when the captain turned around and he saw that, he tapped his partner, his uh, handline man. He's like, the fuck? Did you see that? And he he was like, yeah. Is he crip walking in this burning house? So they Last redirect. So they redirect, right? Since second floor was empty, they're like, all right. Let's go downstairs. So they redirect, going back down, um, and we keep seeing the feet, and it goes into this small hallway to another room. So when they followed and got into that room, it was 
the actual bathroom. So when he breached it and opened it, the little girl, the daughter, was in the bathtub in a fetal position. And they what? searched. So, so he searched for this van. They didn't find anything. So they had to hurry out, broke the window, took the daughter out. Um, and then by the time they went to, to look for the second guy, the house was already too late to be saved. They got to the, to the living room, to the first floor, so they couldn't. Yeah. breach it so they got in crowd control they um kept the they were on the side of the house to control the fire so it won't reach the neighbor's house right so that happened the mother the father and the child went to a hospital to get checked out right that was it next morning the parents came to the fire station to thank the crew for saving their daughter and um that's when the captain's like, hey, you know what? Um, was it just you three in the house? Because this is what we saw. We saw a man with the olive pants, black leather shoes. Fucking one of the parents is like, my dad! Holy <laughs> shit! <laughs> my dad! So the father pulled out his phone right, for a minute, thinking, and then he showed us a picture, clearly, an old man wearing olive green trousers and those of leather shoes. Identical to the description that the captain told his family. Okay. So the man they had seen on the first floor passed away in 1976 and was the man's father. Oh, oh, oh. So it was the little girl's grandfather that showed us where she was. Damn. We were speechless. That's sick. So the captain and his handline was like, we thought someone died in there, right? Because the house was fucked. It turned out it was the grandfather of the daughter. And he said, that's the only time I've seen a ghost or something I couldn't explain during a call. I was like, damn, okay. That's cool. So those were the dancing feet he was talking about. Yeah. Damn, the, gra- the grandpa was crib walking. <laughs> Towards this way. This way, guys. He was Gundam Stein all the way to the fucking bathroom. Her, her grandfather was actually Snoop Dogg. Fuck. <laughs> 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 all right, so I have. So, last story of the night. This one's a little fucked up. Not fucked up, but it's like, oh. Nah, it, all right. It's fucked. <laughs> it's fucked. They fuck it's, it. fu- it's fucked. Okay. It's fucked, right? So. I was working at our jail, and while doing my watch tour, I was heading into medical and heard two people having a conversation and thought it was two inmates in a cell talking. I went to the first cell, and no names on the door, so I didn't look in. I went to the next door and had one name on it. I opened the hatch to look, and there was a guy in there. I didn't say anything at first to him, and and as I was closing his hatch, he asked me if I could move his neighbors over because he was alone and he would like some company. I then went over to the previous door and checked in on the window just in case someone didn't put the names on the door. I looked in, and nobody was in the cell. I went back to the guy in the other cell and asked him if he had heard people talking. And he stated, yeah, they've been talking a lot. They don't shut the fuck up. Yeah, that's what he says. Like, <laughs> they've been talking a lot, but they don't respond to me. I informed them that there was nobody else in this corridor. Uh-oh. So I closed this hatch and got out of there. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> hey, you hear anybody else? Yeah. Try talking to them. They don't respond. All right. 
boop. Yeah, that's weird because no one's over there, dude. All right, late. <laughs> right, it's fucked up. Good luck, have fun. Yeah, he's, he's in the sun. He's like, what the fuck? Fuck. Now he knows no one's over there and he's hearing these voices. Fuck. Damn, he confirmed with him like, yeah, there's no one over there. Yeah, All dude, right. you're just going crazy, dude. Or there's ghosts. But yeah, man. That's, there's, 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 there were so many cool stories that I couldn't... That I couldn't fucking prove that they were actually police stories or just horror stories. That, you know, problems with the internet, first world problems or whatever. There were some crazy ones. Someone where it's like the story's called The Eyes of the Devil. Where it's like, oh, we go, we have this call, we gotta go to this room or whatever. And it's this guy who's scratching himself, uh, who's, who's sister, who assist, we have a call, it's a sister. She says her older brother tried to kill her. That he, that he said that the um, that he needed to feed on her heart. So he was so while she was asleep, he was digging at her chest, trying to take out her heart. What the fuck? He hid in the restroom. We go in, and he's up against the wall, but with his hands like inverted backwards, like he's about to climb the wall. Oh, but hell he, no! But he's just talking to them like that. And when he's talking to them, the police officer is saying he's talking to us. But it sounds like two octaves, like going, like he's doing like the whole demon, yeah, one yeah. light, one dark, yeah. And he's and he's just reciting old psalms. We find out it's like he's speaking in like old tongue. Yeah. And there was a lady in the because an apartment complex. There was this old lady who said, "I recognize some of those, and those are some of the she." He's speaking words that my grandma used to speak, and this lady was already old. She was like in her seventies. Yeah. So, so she said, so she's like, when I was a younger, he's saying some of the things my grandma used to say back when we were in our homeland, which was in Turkey. Yeah. Which is like oh, the Middle oh. East. So whatever, and and I think I think the story took place takes place in like Arkansas or some shit, right? So it's like he's speaking in fucking tongues or whatever, and she, he's like, oh, well, can you help? Can you let us know what he's saying? And, she, and she's like, no, I don't want to go up there because what he's because of what he's saying. And she's like, what is he saying? It's a curse. Yeah, he's saying that he's playing um, a curse. He's saying whoever walks, like he's 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 reciting, but he's reciting the psalms backwards as like as an insult, right? Right. And, the, and between each psalms, he keeps saying, "I need your heart. I'm gonna eat your heart. Get in here, bitch. I'm gonna eat your heart." Damn. So they call for backup. They said, "All right, the dude was telling the story. He's like, I don't believe it. It's just a cracked out dude. Whatever. <laughs> bitch, I'm cracked. Yeah. So he called for backup. It was like six officers. It's like it's all males and one female." All six officers, when they got on him, he's like, we're built. We were in our primes, early 20s, mid-20s, early 30s. Gym rats. He's like, we're gym rats. We're all single. That's all we do. If we're not at work, we're at the gym. So we're fit. This guy, maybe in his early 50s, early 60s, late, early, early 60s, late 50s, and he's living in that apartment. And as we're trying to hold him, it's like a little kid. Tree. He walks with us on his arms. We cannot hold him back. He's, he's like, we taste him. He feels it, but he just keeps walking until we hit him over the head with something. We knock him out. But when he falls, all the officers fall down with him. He brings all the officers with him down, and they can't get up because of his weight. They said, we can't get up. There's an officer that fall that was holding onto his arms. He falls, on, he falls next to this guy, and they're facing eye to eye, and the officer starts screaming. He starts screaming, get him off of me, get him off of me, get him off of me. And then the guy says the officer's name, and the guy, he says the officer's name, he's like, there, now you've seen it. You've seen the eyes of the devil. You will never forget me. None of you will ever forget me. 
but he keeps saying it in this tongue. Rock right, guys, open right? fire! So he, so, so he keeps, so he keeps saying it in this tongue, but the guy's freaking out or whatever, and then the lady comes in and she injects him. She has to inject him three different times. She says by the third, the second time well, it should have been lethal. The second time should have killed him, because he's trying to get up and they're trying to hold him down and they right. cannot do anything. Right. She injects him once, nothing happens. Second time, she they're like, just do it, just do it. She does it, nothing. She had. Because she, uh, she's only carrying two of the needle things. Yeah. She has to grab another officer's stash, and the third one takes him down. He doesn't kill him, but he kind of takes him down. And then it takes him down immediately. Like, he starts slowly like to lose his strength. So they finally restrain him. It takes all of them to lift him up out of the apartment into a stretcher, and they take him off. The officer that's faced him like like face-to-face, he's freaking out, and he, has, and he, and he, he freaks out. He grabs a rosary from the apartment, and he does not want to leave the restroom. And then they ask, what did he say to you? What did he say to you? No, he starts freaking out. And then he's like, did you guys hear what the fuck he said to me? And they're like, no, he was speaking in his tongue. But he, he understood. He understood. He it. understood what oh. he said. He understood it when he says, you finally seen that fate. You finally, you finally met eye to eye with the devil. And he says, I've never seen the, the cop who's. But he understood it because he knew the language? Or no. Just, no. Like in his ears. In his ears, he heard it. He oh. was like, I want you to understand yeah. this. Oh, Damn. hell no. Yeah, and then the lady. The lady, the lady said, the, the sister, lady? the sister, the one who originally called the cops. She said, my brother just came. He went to go visit. Our, our, she said, our parents had just died, and I don't have a visa. So my brother was the only one who could attend. So he went back to our motherland. And when they buried him, he came back saying he felt really ill. So he caught something, and he brought something over. Damn. Yeah. So it's like little shit like that where it's like, oh, we're... Um, the stories are like, oh, officers' names are blurred. We're just everything's anonymous. But it's just like, how can I tell if it's a real story? Then, at least tell me the precinct. Like, oh, mm-hmm. this happened in in precinct one thirty one in Arkansas. All right, yeah. give me something, even if you know what I mean. Yeah. yeah, but it's all that red tape, bro. Goddamn red tape pieces of shit. Red tape bitches. <sighs> but yeah, man, it was. I mean. Uh, so aside from the frustration of trying to figure out what was cool, I mean, what was cool, what, what was legit, was, what was legit, what was it? All these stories were fucking sick. Yeah, there's a lo- there were a lot of stories. There were, there were a, a lot, of, lot of fucking stories. I liked yours the best, the crip walking grandfather. Yeah, he, he went. <laughs> <laughs> that one was cool. But thank you guys. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. It was real fun. Right now, you know, we're keeping things a little spooky, just because I know the later half of last year. We were real absent, <laughs> so, you know. So now we're trying to ramp things up. We're getting things um um um, um on the right tracks. And uh, with with that being said, um, last week we had oh two weeks ago I premiered my other podcast. It's called yep. the Tome of Monsters podcast. As you guys can tell by now, we are doing biweekly episodes. If you guys want, check out our other podcast where me, Lewis, and our, my cousin Fernando, where we choose a monster of the week, and it has to be a uh, uh, like a no real monster, but like a cinematic movie or book or whatever it is. As long as it's a like a like a fucking in the, as long as it's like entertainment, world, yeah. yeah, yeah. We break that down for you. We tell you the origins of it. We tell you what inspired it, like what what came behind to you know what I mean. So we just break everything down to you. We have three episodes up already. We have episodes. We have episode zero where it's just me and Lewis and Fernando just shooting the shit. I'm asking them questions. What was your favorite scary movie? Well, do you remember the first scary movie that scared you? You know, so you guys get to know who we are and what we're into. And then we have two episodes of content. We have the first one, which is about 
um, Count Orlock from the movie Nosferatu. Hell yeah. Which was a very special episode to me because you guys know how hard I am for vampires. And then episode two came out last came out just this Wednesday, and it's uh, with the Cenobites from the Hellraiser movie. That's sick as fuck. If you guys want, check those out. And um, yeah, just go episode show notes. Be able to check it out. Click on it. We're on app. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google. We're in all that beautiful bullshit. So head on over, check that out. Tome of Monsters podcast, or just check out the episode show notes. Uh, add us on Instagram. This show, Weird History, it retells Pod, and then the other episode, and then the other podcast. There's a link on that episode show notes. Um, but yeah, thank you guys. Does anybody have anything else to add? Thank you guys, and as always, we are the Weird History, it retells Pod.